Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have a change up on the guest. We had Evan Salve planned for today, but uh, we had to change the plans, and I think we're gonna have to redo his, or, or I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, we have Aaron Graham, G Five Fishing. Uh, fun episode, super fun dude. Talk about him being a captain on Native Son. Talk about squid fishing, everything you could think of. Long episode. I think it's an hour and a half. Also first video episode so uh if you guys want to check it out go to the youtube cast and crank channel and if you go under episodes it'll be the first video episode where you could watch the whole thing on video it was a son of a gun to put together but i did it, it took me like three hours I have to watch the whole video but other thing we i'm going to probably do is is cut back the episodes to only doing one a week uh, if the YouTube channel goes well, then, you know, we'll do it that way. If it doesn't, then we'll just go back to audio and I'll do two bi-weekly. But maybe you can figure something out. Maybe if, if you guys still want to hear that, I can just put out an audio version. But it's a lot of work, so we'll see how that goes. Check out the sponsor, 777 Concrete Ambitious Ales. Thanks for listening. We got some good ones coming up. Casey Yorn, uh, we already did. Super fun one. Tomorrow, I think I have... Uh, or this week I have uh, Seacrest, Ben Seacrest, Matt Newman, and Mike Rago. So that'll be a fun one. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out the sponsors. Later. 777 Concrete Designs provides affordable outdoor living spaces the whole family will enjoy. Whether it's a full backyard transformation or a simple 10 by 10 slab, we are your go-to company for all your hardscape needs. Let us transform your space today. We offer full outdoor kitchens, fire pits, fireplaces, driveway replacements, paver installation, block walls, and much, much more. Find out how our team can create a space the whole family will enjoy for years to come. 100% free consultations are available. No job is too big or too small. We proudly serve all of the OC, LA, and the IE. Be sure to mention this ad on Cast and Crank Podcast or follow us on Instagram at 777 underscore concrete underscore designs for a 10% discount. Again, that's at 777 underscore concrete underscore designs on Instagram. Or call us today at 714-270-6788 and mention this ad. 
Ambitious Ales is a microbrewery located in the beautiful community of Bixby Knowles in Long Beach, California. They serve classic beers styled with unique ingredients that are perfect for both the craft beer enthusiast and those new to craft beer. Beer isn't your thing? This is still the spot for you. Ambitious Ales prides themselves in offering beers that even the non-beer drinker may enjoy. If you still can't find a beer you dig, then sip on some homemade cold brew coffee or their refreshing cold pop. So tell me about the beer you say. There's Floor a Belgian table beer brewed with chamomile, lavender, and strawberries. There's mangoes, a tart German wheat beer brewed with sea salt, coriander, and mangoes. And there's Next Collar, a hazy IPA brewed with 100% mosaic hops. Enjoy any of these in their laid-back tasting room where you can listen to some eclectic tunes, play a classic board game, and order tasty pizza from next door. If pizza isn't your thing, you can bring any outside food and pair it with one of the 12 beers on tap. The tasting room is kid and dog-friendly, and did I mention they have a patio where you can enjoy a light, crisp beer while soaking in the California sun? So what are you waiting for? Check out Ambitious Ales, located at 4019 Atlantic Avenue in Long Beach. Cheers. <laughs> kind of a weird there you go that's not natural you've never, you never done nothing like this before? no never nothing First like time, this huh? yeah well, i've oh, done a couple you, of radio shows but have you have yeah. you done like um let's talk hookup okay. and fish talk radio and you grew up around here right yeah yeah where about uh long beach area. long beach okay yeah. so you grew up with like seas and all those dudes i met seas later on down the road like the last handful of years so okay Cool. Yeah, no, he's he's cool people. Mm-hmm. Stembridge, I think he came on and yeah, talked about it. Yeah, cool. I was one of his students. Oh, were you too? Yeah. How old are you? I'm um, 31. Oh, so you're not that old yet. No. <laughs> so when he was launching Pearl, that was when oh, I was were... one of his. I was one oh, of his students. Oh no way! Yeah. You're fishing him then? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fucking I saw cool, some man. Some of the original. Yeah. So you've been in performance forever then. Exactly. Yeah. So like Robert that runs the Fortune, he yeah. used to work at Performance when it was across oh, the street really? and with Tommy. I've known Tommy yeah. since in you know high school days. No way. Yeah. And uh see I thought you were just a saltwater dude. I've fished a little bit of everything. Yeah. I grew up freshwater fishing. Okay. So yeah, so, yeah I always would have the impression because I knew who you were before. I mean, uh, just from Instagram. Yeah. You look like a fucking asshole. And then I met you. I'm like, well, this guy's like a teddy bear, dude. <laughs> no, a lot of people say that. And by the end of it, some people do think I'm an asshole. So I guess it's all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So and then you do the the G. How long have you been doing the whole flying fish thing for? Now? So I got brought in on that last year. Really? Uh, partner G. Paul. Okay. Um, he fishes squid. Like everybody kind of knows him for squid. Okay. I got away from sport fishing and came home from alaska last year i, I quit my job oh, long story there's kind of a segue into the whole thing um quit my job running native sun last year in oh June. you used to be captain native sun exactly okay. so so when they bought the boat and brought it over to 22nd street i was running the monte carlo twilight and doing some daytime stuff yeah and just kind of got fed to the wolves and they brought the boat over and was like hey you want to run this thing and you want to go three quarter day and at first i was kind of i was gun shy about it you know <laughs> fishing had been tough and yeah. it start I got into it like right on the cusp of things when it was starting to get good. Yeah. Like the water warmed up. We started doing some crazy stuff. That same summer, I'd caught the elephant two and a half day fishing, which was the first time up here for a long That's time. That's a big deal, right? Yeah. We just went on a whim and it worked out and it was pretty crazy. Yeah. So once I got that taste of things, actually running a boat and doing that, I was like, yeah, I want to go do this. Yeah. And so you we had went, your, you just got your license or you had it for a minute already? I'd had my license. I'd been running Twilight. So okay, I was just Twilight. I, we were, I was the whipping boy. You know, the fishing, <laughs> fishing would be good in the morning, half days and yeah. afternoon, the wind would start blowing and yeah. the water was still cold. We weren't catching much. And I'd 
go run an afternoon half day and then twilight was my thing for okay. a couple of years so yeah the first time i ever ran a boat was in the dark with people so that by was yourself? It. that by myself yeah it was like you get sent out fed to the wolves <laughs> here you go trial by fire go do it yeah so you, you learn to use your electronics a little better and pay yeah. attention it's not like daytime you know it's it was a grind yeah so did that ran the native sun the best four years of sport fishing i think we've had around here in a long time no way one thing led to another just started again getting burned out on the whole thing and just felt like i was kind of spinning my wheels so quit went to alaska did a season gill netting uh salmon in bristol bay you ever seen that alaska fish wars tv yeah, show yeah it's kind of like that no way they kind of dramatize on some of it but gets crazy it gets crazy up there that was cool <sighs> yeah a friend of mine jake wilson he's done it for years um it's kind of always been a summertime gig and it was the first year he got a boat and a permit so okay one thing led to another you know made a phone call one day hey you still need a guy he's like yep four days later I was flying to Naknek, Alaska. Dude. Yeah. And that was... Four how, days notice. How, how long ago was this? That was last June. So I went. For, I got back August... Uh, and you were up there for... Seven weeks. Damn. Yeah, I just crazy. dropped everything and went yeah. for seven weeks. My girlfriend thought I was crazy. Everybody thought I was oh, crazy. Oh, I bet, dude. And at the time, it was one of those things that's what I needed to do. So yeah, I went and did it. Yeah. And I got the experience that I've wanted to do. I've always wanted to go to Alaska. Yeah. So. And it was kind of a paid trip. It was. Yeah, I mean. You know, we didn't make a bunch of money like everybody thinks, but we made enough to make it worthwhile. Luckily, yeah. luckily the group. You got the experience too, right? I got the I got the whole Alaska experience yeah. because the people that I went up with, you know, a lot of these guys, they go up and they're just stuck on the boat for two months. They don't get to go explore anything. So the group that I was with, my buddy Jake, he has a cousin in town. He knows all the locals. It's his 10th year up there. So I got the inside track. We were taking jet boats up on the rivers at midnight fishing trout dude how awesome was that crazy you know (laughs) you see bears and shit oh all the time scary like dude like i grew up in long beach right now i've seen some pretty rough neighborhoods (laughs) yeah i don't care who you are what you're from the bears you get a grizzly bear you get a single bear i don't care how many people you got behind you that it's you and the bear yeah you get woken up in the middle of the night, the bear's going through the trash, and you're walking around, you know, during the day, and there's footprints that are, Fuck. you know, bigger than both my hands and my feet combined. And, dude, you know, the, the guys are up there, they're, you know, taking bears out. If there was a problematic bear, you'd see it. Do you carry a gun when you go fishing? Uh, we didn't. Uh, the couple of the kids did that yeah. were up there that are natives. They, mm-hmm. they, yeah, we, we were, we were well protected. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they didn't get us in any super sketchy situations. So you but, felt like, at home because you still had your head on a swivel up there, right? Exactly. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, down here if yeah. you're fishing at night in Long Beach, when I used to fish, like, the oh, day, yeah. people pop up out of the fuck, rocks. Dude, you're like, what the fuck? You're, you're, and you had your head on a swivel, so it's like the same. Oh, yeah. You're interrupting people that are trying to sleep and do their thing, and fuck, you know, everything. Up there, the same thing with the bears, I guess. But at least you can communicate with these guys yeah, a little right. bit. <laughs> so we, we did. We did Alaska. Came back and. It was kind of what's next, you know? Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. So G. Paul mentioned to me, he's like, hey, uh, you want to come start fishing tuna? And so we started commercial fishing bluefin because that's so what everybody's I, doing nowadays. I don't you know, know any backstory. Did the, did you guys have the program already of fly fish? We did not. So, so you guys came this, up together. So he was already doing it by himself. So squid fishing, this guy fishes a lot by himself okay. as it is. And it's a lot for one guy. Yeah. So then add the flying fish thing into it. You know, he was going and catching. He told me, he's like, I'm catching like 100, 150 a trip by myself. Fuck. And it was good money at the time, you know? He's like, I'm just kind of getting into this. Yeah. So I started doing that. I was going to be his deckhand squid fishing and kind of run the boat a little bit. So we started going and we'd come in and we'd bring a load in. And, you know, we didn't know. We were saran wrapping them and, you know, doing different stuff and 
really hadn't come up with a name. He kind of had. And did did there was there like a um, a way to do it? Like, uh, is there another company that does it? Maybe no, no. So at this point in time, we're kind of like, all right. So in the sixties, they used to do it. They used to build a gill nut which would be awesome because I'm a fan of gill netting. I mean, yeah, there's the bycatch and <laughs> yeah, I saw how they did it in Alaska. There's very little bycatch. And, yeah. Um, they used to be able to catch them like, you know, the price that the old timers talk about, they're like, Oh, we used to catch them and sell them for a dollar a piece. <laughs> and, you know, guys will tell us you guys should be wearing masks and be bandits and this and that for yeah. the price you're getting, <laughs> but it's a whole different fishery. We're, we're literally taking a butterfly net now and scooping them out of the water. Yeah. It's not lay out a gill net and come back and, you know, there's a thousand pounds. So you're fishing for the fish. We're fishing. We're, fishing. We're, we're they They stand a good chance, you know, getting away from us and the wow. sea lions get theirs. And yeah. We're not taking everything that we see. Yeah. So we came back and he's, yeah, 100, 150 a night. I'm like, sweet, let's do this. And he was paying me good money to do it. Yeah. And one thing led to another and we fished our squid season and it's kind of a tougher season with the warm water. We made a go of it. Um we started talking at the end and it was like, Hey, I want to bring you in on this. Let's, let's be partners on this. Let's solidify this thing, make it a brand. So is it, let's do you do it. squid too? We do With, squid as well. So G fly, you do the, the whole thing is a squid and the flying fish. That's the G fly thing is a separate deal. Okay. So it's a whole separate entity. It's a fish business. We went to fishing game. We got our permits. We got all of our ducks in a row. We mm-hmm. made sure we're legitimate, which to our knowledge right now, we may be one of the only legitimate companies doing it. There's a lot of fly-by-night guys, guys that have popped up now. They've kind of... I've only seen one other one, and it's San Diego way. And that's somebody we know, and that's a whole other <laughs> subject right now. I mean, he he actually came to G-Paul and was like, hey, you guys might want to do this. Because the guy that's doing it was fishing tuna and was doing very well. And that's kind of the backstory of why he started fishing flying fish as well. Because he's like, hey, the market just got saturated. I can't make money tuna fishing right now. I'm going to start selling flying fish. Yeah. Which we knew it was coming. We knew there was going to be somebody else, probably better him than a lot of these other guys that are all over the place. But, you know, it's it was weird timing. It was the end of the season, which mm-hmm. we're calling the end of the season. Like, we were at our peak doing real well. And things slowed down a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think we got far enough ahead earlier in the season. Because we did, like, PCS. We did Fred Hall Show. We were the idiots standing in the aisle, you know. <laughs> kind of in left field and people are looking at us crazy as it's March and we're trying to sell them a you know, 20, yeah. $30 bait. And they're like, yeah, right. Well, little, they know a couple months later, they're going to be calling us like we're drug dealers and begging for them. So, so can you keep those frozen for a minute? We freeze them. How long can you keep them frozen for? The way we're vacuum sealing them. Uh, we have fish from last year, still a little bit that so, will thaw out every once in a while. And they look almost as good as they did when we caught them. So it might be almost worth it when you go to these shows to buy them Stockpiling. to back stock, you know, in a freezer. And the guys that know, know, and the guys that didn't, you know, we went to PCS, we had a really good response from it. And you probably had a better deal. And we had a better deal yeah. at the time. And there's still guys that walk up and make old jokes or, you know, remarks uh, like anything else. Oh, I'll go catch my own. Go do it. You can go catch your own squid too. I mean, you can yeah. catch your own sardine you really yeah. want to do. But, yeah. you know, when it's there and you need it, you know, if you got 24 hours to go fishing, you leave the dock and you don't have bait and now you have to spend your whole night trying to catch bait. Yeah. And guess what? The sea lines are bad. It's windy. Yeah. It's rough. You don't find a flying fish. You see him and you can't catch him. Yeah. And you spent all night being frustrated to go fishing the next day, not have a bait and watch everybody around you catch him. Makes a lot more sense just to buy him before you go, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You know, it's like, uh, there's no it's certainty. Like it's like buying the, the proper gear. It is. In the first spot, like to start off with. And I said it before, like 
I bought so much fucked up gear when I first started fishing. It's true. How many times did you go fishing? I had a secret credit card. My wife found. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was buying like old, like Shakespeare rods. I bought like five and old Strike Force to dial when I first started. Yeah. And then I remember my wife went to, to close out the credit card. She's like, there's fucking three grand on here. I'm like, oh. I don't know. It's a lot of Shakespeare products. Dude, it was everything you can think of. And she's like, are you, fu-? I'm like, look back. There's not anything bad. There's no like strip clubs or anything. It's just fishing shit, you know? But if I would have known in the beginning, I would have had the same gear now that I had a long time ago. And it's like, if you just get the good shit now, you don't got to go back and do, do it. it again. And it's like, it's a learning I'll, curve. And the time. And when you get older, the time is like a valuable. So fucking valuable. It you is. Know? No, right? it's true. So like, that's, that was cool. But, so you guys have been doing pretty well. I mean, I've seen... We did all right. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks, oh, you guys are making all this money. Well, there's a lot of overhead in it. So <laughs> we had a weird thing go on this this season where we had to we had to lease a boat. So then that added more cost to it. And we bought the price up a little bit. It wasn't much. And did you have to lease it because you needed more? We needed another boat because the boat we were doing it on, we had to go squid fishing. Or he had to go squid fishing. Okay. So you leased so another... That, we were dead in the water for a week. We didn't have a boat. We didn't tell anybody this. We figured it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, we yeah. had enough. We had enough back stock, and you know, we had seven tackle shops at the time, mm-hmm. and so we didn't want to put anybody in panic, and you know, be, you know, put blood in the water so yeah. somebody could come up swell us. No, of course. So we ended up leasing another boat and doing it. Okay, and it worked out. And yeah. It worked out beautifully because then we could put a hundred percent effort in trying to go and catch these things. Yeah. And we ended up paying two other kids to go with us. Nice. And we did well. The kids made a bunch of money doing it. Yeah. And everything worked out here at the end so of the So this summer. is your livelihood now is the... Kind. It's just another piece of the puzzle. Okay. So I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. Are like, you still doing any captain stuff, other stuff? I'm going to run the tradition tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to go, you know, that's another boat that I ran when I was a kid or didn't run when I was a kid. I was a deckhand as a kid yeah. on there. So it's kind of cool that it's going for yeah, full circle. Full circle is awesome. One dude. of the first boats I ever worked on, I get to go run it tomorrow. So you just do random, cool. you'll do random fill-ins. I go fill-ins still. Okay. I did some Twilight on the Monte Carlo earlier in the season and just kind of bounced around. I haven't committed to a boat again since then and I'm trying to kind of get away from it and it keeps sucking me back in. So, <laughs> Are you trying to get away from is this like what you want to do now? Or are you, are you thinking, man, maybe I want to do something else? It's what I know. So yeah. it's hard to get away from things that you know. Yeah. I know fishing. Like yeah. That's up since I was 14 years old. I've worked on boats. Like that, oh, really? Damn. My high school, my whole work career was laid out that I'm going to be a fisherman and I'm going to run a boat. And now it's, okay, I did that. Now what? <laughs> like I didn't go to college. I, I've always yeah. worked for what I've had to do. And yeah. Here it is. I'm 31 years old now, and I quit my job when I turned 30. And I'm like, that was your job was a captain. That was my that was my life. Okay, that was me. Like that was my baby. That was Mm -hmm. my go to sleep, wake up, take the work home with you. Be frustrated all the time. You know, (laughs) it it took a toll on me. You know, I got gray hairs that came from the boat. I guarantee it. A lot of guys do. (laughs) You know, and there's yeah, it's fun. You know, it's seasonal. It's it's. You can make good money if you're smart, but a lot of us that work on boats aren't smart with our money. You so got to save it all then. So when it's winter save. time, and that's not the lifestyle that we live. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live that lifestyle. You know, fishing, fishing in general is expensive. So most yeah. of the guys that work on a boat are so sick in the head that we fish on our days off. Yeah, and when we do that, it's a big group of us, and there's a lot of drinking involved. And you know, I some, agree. It's yeah. There's been some wild times, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's now it's like okay, what do I do now? 
So this, this is your is, next adventure that you're kind of like going, maybe this could be something that I like to do. It's a niche. I yeah. like commercial. I like fishing. So commercial fishing, the fact that I can go out and work as hard as I want to and make as much money as I want to yeah. at times, you know, and it's there you got to go. Like I got in yesterday at noon. So day before yesterday, how our flying fish trip went is we showed up at the boat at noon. We got out of there, drove to the island, got there at dark, drove around all night long until the sun it, came it, up. It's, an, it's a nighttime, it's a nighttime thing, thing okay. so it's sketchy. So the stuff that we're doing at night in the boat Dude. is, yeah, you know, you get, you get real comfortable with your electronics real fast. And yeah. To kind of tell people that are in the know, like what we're seeing, like we're seeing Garibaldi's in the dark. So, you know, if during the day you're seeing Garibaldi's, you're shallow. Yeah. There's nights we're seeing Garibaldi's in the dark. That's oh, how close shit. we're getting. That's scary, huh? That's some nights you have to, you yeah. know, so. And you Do see you, all kinds of crazy stuff at night in the dark. Like oh. last night or night before last night, we saw a fish at Catalina. Like, what is that? Like, I don't know what that is. Fuck. I've spent a lot of time at Catalina seeing stuff in the water. And I don't you know if it was a weird looking, just I don't know if it was a short sea bass. It, it looked like a Corvina to me. It had like a bright orange tail. Yeah. Like it was some sort of like a, a croaker type of fish. And it was underneath the light. It was like, I don't know, oh, probably, you have a light out too. When yeah. You're we doing got this. so squid fishing. We have a lot of lights. Okay. And a lot of people ask, well, how do you catch flying fish? Well, it starts with a. 30 kilowatt generator and 10,000 watts of lights to really do it right. Yeah. You know, guys, you see them at night with their spotlights and, you know, do you mind talking about how you do it? I know it's, it's your business, so I don't want to. Oh yeah, I know. I'll, you know, which is interesting to me. It's like, how do you fucking catch these things? So I see them flying. I would think I'm fucking shooting a fucking net at them or something. Yeah. It's it's no secret. It's just how bad do you want to go out and do it? And it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things, you know, somebody told me before you want to be successful with some try to find something that, nobody wants to do and be good at it so <laughs> this is it that's what we're trying to do you know if you want to really go out and try to do this more power to you yeah there's a lot of footwork involved and it's a niche market I so bet. you know as soon as a handful of people do it it's probably going to phase out and we don't know if the tuner are going to be around next year yeah that's true we right? haven't had it last you know up until four years ago five years ago you, you started seeing that stuff and the cool thing too is you deal with everyone everybody like, everybody like as far like, as business no, goes, there's no, there's no I, I'm in the mix of a lot of things, which is crazy it. because I have, I have, like, I deal with everyone. I do. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I have no person that I'm like, fuck this guy or, I'm, you know, I'm neutral for the most part. I hear it. I hear both sides of it. And yeah. I have my own opinion on things yeah. that I, you know, I kind of keep to myself for the most part. You know, but sometimes you feed into, sometimes you catch yourself feeding into oh, some of this stuff. Oh, it's easy to do. It's very easy, especially <laughs> on the internet. And especially when you start seeing stuff and you're like, ah, it's kind of funny. And then you really sit back and think about it and you're like, ah, it's kind of fucked up at the same time, you know? No, I agree. There's and, some fucked up. And there's people that claim they're victims. And if you see some of the stuff they post, they're not as big of a victim as they're portraying themselves to be. Like they're yeah. taking cheap shots at each other. It's everybody's feeding into it. It's yeah. fishing. Like I, like I talked, I talked on another podcast and we talked about the anti-fishing fishing club i'm like i think it's comedy i can't figure out who's behind it and they have my number i don't know who it is <laughs> so myself mitch there's there's a handful of people and it's somebody close to us and we've kind of got an idea who it is but it's great because you people, don't know <laughs> I, it, it, it's a group of people it's not a single person yeah. so and i love the like we talked we talked about the billy thing i don't know if this is ever going to get put out in my mind that was funny. That made me fucking laugh. Like, if you put a picture of me on someone's dick, it would I would repost it because it fucking make me laugh. You know, I I gotta. Would, I you, gotta, would that make you? Well, look, I'm on a I'm on a swimsuit <laughs> that a man was wearing. Does that bug you? Not really. I think it's funny. You Not, know, it's, yeah. You know, it, like, it's all good fun. I don't think they did anything tasteless where it's like 
racist or it's something like it's usually I like I don't think so either. Ball busting. That's all. It's ball busting. And there's one person in particular that really is good at roasting people, and he's the one wearing the mankini. <laughs> so it makes fun. It, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he's a character. If you got him. To talk and he, you never get a word in. <laughs> I love Cameron to death. I've yeah. known him for a lot of years. Yeah, that's the and that's, that's just Cameron. Like he, he's come up with some some funny stuff over the years. He spends a lot of time driving boats by himself and squid fishing, and, and it's all in fun, dude. It, it is right. I mean, he has a vendetta out for a couple of different people, and you know, it's it's not so much the person; it's the idea that yeah. he's against. It could be anybody. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be Billy Kay. It could be you or I doing the same thing. Guess what? Now we're like, it's just the the principle behind it, which to some I get. You know, it's it is what it is. It's a weird. It's a weird subject. It's it is, and and I talked about it, especially like, since I talked to all these guys. I talked to Billy and I talked to Cameron, and I don't feed into a lot of stuff that and dudes are cool. from, and the dudes are so cool when you are. talk to them. Right? It's just fishing. Yeah, like I've lived it. Yeah, I, I see it, and a lot of these guys are like, well, this guy's really digging into me well you're probably doing something right that people are hating on yes and you know he had his tires slashed i messaged him the other day i'm like dude i had my wheels stolen off my truck no way at the landing why no idea we kind of eh, there's there's there, well, there's speculation when captain? yeah so you you fucking there's speculation and there's people on spot or something there's like people that. in this industry that it's their livelihood you don't come and you know, try to take away something. Like there's mm-hmm. still a lot of old school guys in this. I can get there's, coming there's... into a different neighborhood. I get that. I get if I'm no, for sure. If I'm a Dana Point to, you know, Long Beach guy, that's there's a my lot shit. of that. Especially in commercial fishing. If I'm a now if I came from San Diego up here and I kind of didn't go, yo bro, I'm gonna come fish, I could get that. There's a way to that. go about things. Yeah. There's a level of respect yeah. where you talk to people and you let them know. And you know it's like I said, it's it's a weird. It, you got to kind of walk the line on it. That's crazy to get your fucking wheels stolen off your truck, dude. While while I was running the boat, so it's a Saturday morning. I get eighty three people on the boat. When was this? When I first started running the Native Sun. Did you think you just got your balls busted? Like someone's being a real fucking cock. Maybe it could have been random too. But there's a handful of other people that have had their vehicles messed with. Same thing. Same kind of deal. Wow. And one of them was recently where a truck got torched during the day, broad daylight. Well, I heard about witnesses. that. I I don't know any of the. He also Dude. runs the Native Sun now. <laughs> is it Jeff? Maybe it's a vendetta. Yeah, maybe it's a really? vendetta for the Native Sun, the boat, or you know, there's hey, been there's been other curse, things. Dude. It's you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm not I'm not there doing it. You know, and it is what it is. Um, I, I could see going back and running a boat. You know, but it's gonna have to be mine. It's, I'm not gonna go work for somebody and you know. Yeah. It, it's it was so much effort with so little return that it's like you just one day you're just like, what am I doing? But it's like, how do you make a livelihood? Like, if you have an idea... You have to own the boat. Or even with anything. It's like, you have a bait company that someone's going to shit on. You have a yeah. fucking... Uh, say what you're doing. Some some Sooner or later, someone's going to go, this guy's fucking overcharging, being a cunt, you know, whatever. It's how do business. you make money, dude? Like, what do you expect people to do? Like, they're trying to make money. They're, they're doing a business. It's like, exactly. you know, like, sooner or later, like, yeah. I need fucking ads, dude. Yeah. You know, like, it's fucking cool to get ads from dudes, like, I, I you know, that support. And you don't say no to money. Their money's <laughs> just as green as the other guys. So it's like, you know, and you make your choices. I mean, what I do is maybe a little different than what you do, but if you, what tackle shops are you in, actually? So we started off with Island Tackle. Sam was behind us since day one. Okay. Um, from Island, we kind of went to performance, you know, and I might kind of get the 
series of things messed up a little bit, but currently right now our main guys, the guys that have been with us since the beginning of all this, mm-hmm. has been Island Tackle and Carson, Performance Tackle. Mark down there is a huge supporter of ours. Yeah. Um, Hills Boat Service, which is the fuel dock in Newport right next to Davies okay. Launch Ramp. Yeah. Or Davis Locker, they they really got behind us on it. Oh, that's cool, man. That was kind of a kind of their way in with a lot of the yachts because a lot of guys fuel and you know that was kind of a oh, power play there for you too, right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, both of you guys. Hogan's tackle in they have, Dana Point. Okay, Breck and and his wife there. They're they're really been behind us. They've been huge supporters. And then Dana Landing wanted it cornered in San Diego, so Dana Landing got oh, our baits, and they pretty much told us whatever you catch, we'll take. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Like, there was an open line for all summer long. Um, we got them down there. We we told a lot of people no this summer just because there's not an infinite amount of these fish. Once it got busy and yachts were trying to catch their own and some of these bootleg commercial guys started <laughs> running around and it's like fishing a kelp paddy. You get one good pass at it and then it's done. Have Maybe you ran into other boats doing what you're doing oh, at yeah. the same time? No, we've, we've, it's, it's been kind of comical. You'll see the guys in their yachts with their little lights out and spotlight. And oh, God. here I come with, you know, a bunch of lights on and 10 yeah. sea lines behind us. Fucking ants on me. <laughs> Dude, no fucking joke. My wife just rinsed the whole fucking shit. I think when I was taking the trash out, I must have fucking, you know, <laughs> I'm like getting bit. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I thought I was doing meth. We were doing broken windows right now. It's <laughs> uh, funny. <laughs> My bad for cutting you off. No, I'm going to grab another beer, too. I'm sorry. I'm an alcoholic. Go for it. <laughs> you're good. So Dana Landing, Dana Landing was one of our bigger clients this summer. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of the right place to put him with all the yachts and skiffs and parkers and the whole charter boat fleet out of there and it was centralized to everybody so we got him in a day in a landing and it became us taking him down there once a week and a lot of the shops and yeah we so there's two of us there's two of us okay so when it came down to my partner squid fishing i would go for two three days get in you know hadn't really slept very much except for during the day when it's hot and there's mm-hmm. kelp flies flying around and you don't sleep very well and you're on somebody else's boat and it's just a weird thing yeah and then you'd fish all night driving in the morning and we process everything on the boat so Fuck. you know you had a vacuum sealer everything everything on the boat. wow scale the whole night uh, the stickers everything logs everything? stickers everything making oh. bags we we do 100 percent everything that's ourselves. awesome dude the only thing we don't do is printing labels everything yeah. else we make our own bags we seal them we no do way start to finish it's it's us so everything and there's a certain way to storm right yeah, you know, and you, can't you don't want to beat them up. Them in there it's and, yeah. the whole process. It's a process. It's it's very very time consuming, yeah. tedious. Like, you know, it's not ah. like we're just catching these things and throwing them on the boat, and <laughs> we're grabbing the ones that run into the site. We're not doing that. Yeah. You know, if you know, a few might have gotten by, or the wings might be a little messed up or yeah. shredded. A lot of times we catch them dirty like that, as the sea lines been chasing them. Yeah. So it, it's you know, there's quality control in it. There's quite a bit of that. That's cool. You know, and especially my partner, he really takes pride in that sort of thing, and I've it's rubbed off on me and it's hard to grab a fish that you know is worth anywhere from 10 to 15 dollars to us sometimes and take it and throw it over the side right but we do (laughs) you know somebody could probably somebody could probably make a living following us around at some point in time just to catch their own baits but that's not going to happen because the sea lines are going to get them before (laughs) you get to them um so it it got to the point where a lot of shops that laughed at us early in the season not a lot but there was a couple guys that made some remarks and guys that kind of scoffed at the price and you know now they're promoting other flying fish from other parts of the world and i won't mention any names <laughs> i but heard that there's a difference from uh back east to here yeah they're like 
four to six inch ones and everything we're catching is like 10 to that's what i heard and that's what they want to eat right they want the big ones do you do like stuff with dudes like captains like say like a billy or an evan or Dwayne will be like hey can they come straight to you or do you just sell hey go buy them at the we didn't do a lot of direct sales just because it's a whole different tax deal and doing sales tax and stuff most of what we were doing was wholesale okay. we did we did sell a little bit at the beginning to some of the guys that were wanting to buy like 50 or 100 at yeah. a time um we did take care of some of the guys on that but for the most part until we get our online store which i haven't told anybody we're gonna do is that what you're doing next we're 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 in the works right now so eventually you're gonna be able to go online a few mouse clicks and we'll ship them out to you do you on top of having them in the stores we're not going to burn the guys we're just that's just going to be another option because there are guys that come from i've had guys you know call me from sacramento and everywhere else and it's guys are from out of state and they want to buy them they want to go on a long range trip and Mm -hmm. they they got their trip planned out two months ahead of time and i want to take baits because last year we did it and you know do you uh we're we're selling directly to some of the boats and like i said a hundred percent of what we're doing right now is legitimate. Everything's on paper and accounted for. And you know, there's a way to go about things. It's again, everybody thinks we're making a bunch of money and you know, this is a business learning experience for me. You're trying to make something right now. We are. Yeah. yeah. And we're doing it. And you know, it, it, we made enough money doing it this year to where I can comfortably say I didn't have to go sport fishing. And I was like, it might not have been as much money, but the way I'm living right now, I think is a little more within my means and, I'm not going to the bar every night. <laughs> you just instead I'm you're trying, buying an 18 pack of cores yeah, and taking it home. I'm, I'm not trying to forget the day and you know kind of go home and de-stress from dealing with sea lions and passengers and everything else. So it's it's been a it's, has it has it get crazy with passengers. So that's one thing I've oh, only yeah. had a couple. I've had uh, Alec Robbie from the uh, Player Supreme. Oh yeah, he was on, and then four pack guys. Yeah, I haven't really had any. You know, uh, so we should go into the sport fishing side of things for oh, a little I'd while. Love because, to, because I want to hear some of the story. I'm sure there's some fucked up stories. Well, just and- chaos. Like, so you got to remember, <laughs> you got to remember the last four years, we five years now. So it's 19. So we started this like the end of 13 into 14. We yeah. started getting signs in like 13 that something might happen. And, you know, for the last 10 years, everybody's been claiming, oh, it's going to be an El Nino. It's going to be an El Nino. Yeah. Well, it's, eventually, when you're you're doing this, you just kind of switch that term off and you don't ever want to hear it again because yeah because it fucks you right i got to fish i you know i started fishing on sport boats it was in the late 90s during that l and you knew like i caught my first yellowtail on the mission bell and booger that has a san diego used to run that boat wow like that was he hook and handed my first field i don't think he knows that but like talk about <laughs> talk about something to think back on now yeah Especially, it's a long time ago i still fish the mission bell with steve and karen and you know it's been a couple years actually now because life yeah. gets away from you but um fishing back then yeah you got to see it so and then you always hear el nino el nino and you remember that fishing and all that yellowtail and everything else and that turned into you know just kind of like it's almost a letdown every summer like oh it's supposed to be el nino and then here it is august and we're fishing rockfish locally <laughs> and it's like this is an el nino but again they brought the native sun over from uh long beach sport fishing mm-hmm. they presented me an opportunity there hey go run this thing you know it had no following had no business i was running seven o'clock three quarter days so most of the three quarter day operations on the coast are 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I was running as a second three quarter day boat at the landing. So the pursuit has a huge following. Like the, that, that boat sold out. You know, people might bitch and complain, oh, there's always a lot of people on the boat. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I give it to them. They have a hell of an operation. And yeah. a lot of the other three quarter day guys, it's, it's hard to compete with somebody that's 
a little closer to the island, leaves at six. He's a very militant program. Yeah. And, you know, love him or hate him, the guy <laughs> fishes hard, and he's he's good. Yeah. You know, not knocking any of the other guys. The other guys are good. This guy's just got a different fire in him, and, you know, he's real particular about who fishes around him, and it's another weird dynamic. So and you have I went the up same, against and it's the same, uh, same landing. But you guys have the same kind of like um, – you got you got your own little set of dudes you talk to that you fish exactly. With. Okay, so he's been doing it the forever. Here, is that what you call? It? Yeah, <laughs> and, and this guy and this guy likes to fish by himself. Like he yeah. doesn't like fishing with other boats. Like that's kind of his forte is being the guy that fishes alone. Like he doesn't like to see other boats, which works out in his benefit because yeah. he doesn't fish with the fleet. Mm-hmm. At least he tries not to. Um, so I got put up against him. And that was a learning curve in its in itself. You know, I'm having to compete with that boat because we go out fishing and he catches 40, 50, 60 yellowtail and I catch two. Guess who's not running the next day? It would be me. So, Would yeah, you not really not run? I'd really not run. You'd have nothing. So, like, nowadays there's a lot of Groupon stuff and there's a lot of living social, all this stuff where these guys go to work every day and they have a job because they're selling these cheap seat discount tickets and it doesn't matter what's biting yeah these guys can be catching mackerel or yellowfin tuna and they get out the same amount of people the next day. yeah yeah you know and that's you guys weren't doing that. we weren't doing that okay and so when things really got rolling um so 2015 i want to say it was we started doing limited load stuff so that fishing was really good right all the boats have 80 90 people on them sold mm-hmm. out every day we chopped the load in half. We went like a hundred dollars ahead, forty people, which yeah. isn't really limited load, but it's a seventy-three foot sport fishing boat. We could carry ninety people, yeah. So with forty guys, it was manageable. Yeah. So we started fishing that big yellowtail and that whole one fifty bite. Like we were right there, right in the middle of all that. Leaving at seven o'clock, getting out there, you know, putting up with with everything that was going on. <laughs> a lot of politics and a lot of you know. Yeah. You're you're too close to me and skiffs and guys went on Judge Judy for it and that's a whole other what uh, there's you'll you'll hear about that later on oh I gotta hear Judge Judy this Judge is Judy awesome. for for somebody casting a lure at a boat and supposedly breaking an outboard and they took him to Judge Judy breaking because the this story no I'm not saying that I know the hundred percent story but from what I heard Coast Guard laughed at it. And there wasn't any to take the court, so they yeah. went on Judge Judy about fishing. You could really do that? Apparently you can. Fuck, dude. <laughs> so, you know, I and the sad thing is I know both the guys and I can't believe the guy that took him on Judge Judy did it, but uh, you know, I guess it really affected him. Oh yeah, he won. He they won. Didn't, they didn't even let the sport boat get a word in. Andy oh, Andy fuck. and Andy from the Enterprise was the one and Donnie Ashley at Owens Point was on Judge Judy. And that oh, was, I'll fuck, never forget seeing dude. that. I'm sure um, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, like really? I'm just <laughs> laughing, sending them text messages. Yeah. And it, that whole thing, it goes again about, you know, people not getting along and just the, the weirdness of fishing and Did you, the you, politics and drama. And you got a lot of that too, I'm sure, when you were on the boat. Oh, yeah. Skiff, no, I yelled at a lot stuff. of people. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't hold back, you know, and I'd tell people, I'm out here every day. You get guys following you around. I get what it. Nobody, you? nobody owns the ocean, right? Yeah. But when I'm on a boat that now has a tracking device on it and you can sit at home and look on your phone and beat me to where I fished the day for, yeah. you better fucking believe I'm going to say something to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was all kinds of funny business going on. How, how, if a boat was out there, how far away were you cool with him being? At a casting range, you know, at a casting range, you're fine. I mean, I mean, it got to the point on the 150 where, you, you, okay, that went out the window. The 150 is uh, not very big. Yeah, people people call the 150 a million different things, and it's a 150 foot area, hard bottom, broken up 
you know, bottom and kelp and bull kelp and that sort of yeah. stuff on the bottom. Um, it got to the point where there was days there was boats for a two mile stretch fishing. Fuck, you know, we had one day where Dave Marciano from Wicked Tuna was no. fishing. I think he was with Florentino. <laughs> And him and his wife were drifting next to us, and it, there was boats stacked like cordwood to the point where you couldn't fish a jig. You're fishing a dropper loop with a sardine to catch a yelltail because you can't God cast because dude. your line would get sucked up in somebody's prop. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And it was biting. And it was just chaos, you know? So we, we lived through that fishing. And then, you know, even when it was easy, it wasn't, when it was easy fishing, even then it wasn't easy. So you're going out and you're dealing with 40 to 80 different personalities every day. And, you know, I've seen some crazy shit. Fish fights on the boat? I've had fist fights. Really? I, I, I was 19 years old on the Big Game 90 when it was running out of San Diego. I was a deckhand on there for a handful of years. And first day of a six-day trip, these two guys oh, at God, the rail dude, fuck. tangled up. They are both kind of ex-cons, had a rough history. And they both put the rod down at the rail, turned, looked at each other. It was like a duel, and they started swinging on each other. <laughs> And I got in the middle of it. So the whole entire trip, I'm, you know, whatever pictures we took, I got this halfway sideways smile because when I got in the middle of it, I got clocked in the face oh, too, fuck, throwing dude. these guys around. And they were like my size. They were like big grown, dudes. Yeah. They're 45 year old, <laughs> six foot four, six foot five, like 250 pound dudes. Just yeah. On the first day of a six day. And those guys were stuck on the boat together. Dude. The entire trip. Stupid. <laughs> you want to talk about some tension, you know? Yeah. And it was, and they never had a flare up after that. You know, everybody was on edge because they saw it went on and. It is what it is, but oh, God, stuff dude. like that. People, you know, I had, a, I had a charter master one time demand that he went swimming in the in the water and at the island. He wanted to jump over the side. Why? I, he showed up on the boat. He was probably on a good one or something. It was just arrogant. <laughs> dude was arrogant. <laughs> on it a was, good one. <laughs> it was bad. Even even the people on the boat were like, what's this guy's deal? And it was his people. It was his group that brought him Yeah. So he he demanded that he went swimming. No, sir, you so can't do I that. I don't even know what a charter charter master's a dude that chartered the boat. Actually, chartered the whole boat. Okay, so they spent probably you know four or five thousand dollars to the boat for the day just for their group. Yeah. So this guy's like, I want to go swimming. Oh no, you can't. You can't go swimming. Ah, fuck you. I'm gonna do what I want. So all right, it's time to go home. Fire up the engines. All right, guys, time to go. And I hear some commotion in the stern. And this guy's you know out there swimming. He's jumped in the water over the side. How the fuck you get him up? Well, that's what I explained to him earlier on. It's like, we're not a dive boat. We don't have a swim step and a ladder yeah. that's accessible for somebody to jump in the water. And, you know, our insurance doesn't allow that, I'm sure. And no, you're not going swimming. Like I said, no, I'm yeah. running this boat. So he jumps in the water. Well, luckily the deckhand at the time, too, is a guy that worked out a lot. And, you know, <laughs> we, uh, we opened up the gate, leaned over the side and got a life jacket on him. And 
dude was pretty inebriated like once he got in the water he he gassed out pretty quickly yeah we had a life ring in the water with him and life jacket and they got baywatch standing by in case they got to pick this guy up and transfer him on the boat and we leaned down and grabbed him and made sure we drug him across the deck for a few feet and got him on the boat what a dick we went home you know just (laughs) stuff like that you know and at the time i'm like a like a 24 year old kid 25 year old kid around this boat shit this is what I deal with. I'm dealing with grown men that want to come out and have a good time. And I think that's easy for these dudes to do. They get all fucked up. And, oh, it's true. Right. And people have a perception of what's supposed to go on when they get on the boat. You know, it's like we joke about it all the time. Like guys will sit home and watch YouTube videos of catching, you know, calico bass at Palos Verdes on a six inch, 10 inch weedless bait. And then they come on the half day trip expecting to go do that. And we're fishing sculpting and they're looking at me like, why aren't we fishing calico bass? Because that's not what's biting. <laughs> or even cat- casting it's, like that. You cannot fucking fish the same way. It's different. It's a yeah. whole different boat. Yeah. You know, skiff fishing and sport boat fishing. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I still don't understand why the skiffs follow the big boats around. I get they get in an area, and a lot of people just don't know. But honestly, anytime lately in the last, like, four years I've gotten to go skiff fishing, it is so much better fishing in a little boat than it is on a big boat. Yeah. Like, I joke with some of my friends. Like, it's really this easy. No wonder why you guys run skiffs. Do you have chart. a boat, too? I do not know. Really? Did right you have now, one before? I've had skiffs in the past. Really? Yeah. And I had skiffs, like, I don't know, from, like, 18 to, like, 22. And then when hoop netting really got popular and I just kind of got over it. Like, yeah. We were doing it on the harbor before, like, Instagram. Like, some of my original Instagram you're posts. You're eating lobsters out of the fucking harbor, bro. I never ate them. I had a lot of friends that liked them. I'd give them I, away. That's I want to go hooping uh this this time i have a 17 yeah. foot low the 60 i take all the time see you got fucking ants look at right look at look on top of the fucking no right there see it crawling see <laughs> yeah the, you're I, not tripping there are ants in here dude there's a fucking shitload of ants. i think because my wife sprayed down the side before you came she wanted to look nice for you that's all right <laughs> well thanks for that <laughs> but um i want to try to go yeah uh but i'm like I don't think I want to eat. Fuck. Um, you know, they move around. They travel. You know, and what's crazy dude, is a lot harbor of, is fucking disgusting as shit. It, I'd rather go to Dana Point almost, too. Yeah. No, but, it's to each their own. Like, I, I'm not a big, I, I personally don't eat a lot of fish, which is no, weird. No, really? I don't. And especially lobster. Like, I got so spoiled lobster earlier on. Like, there was a handful of trips on a, another boat that we got a lot of lobster traded to us from the Pongas. Okay. We were forced, not forced to eat it, but that's what we had pretty much Did for you, breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner for a few days in a row. And after that, never again. <laughs> I'm, I'm good on it. Oh, I'm sure. It's like Bacardi. I drank too much. More. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things. Like Jameson now, I kind of look at it sideways after the last, you know. Hey, I looked at it after Haggard Pirates. I'm like, I'm not drinking <laughs> not, that shit out again. Oh, no. I took a shot last night, and I was like, nope, this isn't ever. My girlfriend's <laughs> looking at me like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not drinking Jameson for a long time after this. And that's uh, what I drink. Like, I'm just, yeah, no, it's not it's too much, right huh? Now. It is. <laughs> but stick to bud light exactly <laughs> and this is 17 year everybody laughs at me oh you don't drink that's not a beer that's not a real beer and dude this is you what can beer drink, was this yeah. is what beer was before you guys all got all your craft beers i don't want to hear it you know what i mean like i i like ballast point i was drinking ballast it's point. hard to drink though like i can't if i drink another my stomach will hurt that's it i can only drink one or two yeah. of those or you know like when ballast point originally got going there was a, a seafood restaurant in san diego and i worked down there mm-hmm. that that was one of the few places that served it. And it was blue water, blue water grill there in on Sassafras. And uh-huh. I think it's little India street. Um, the guy that owned it used to cook on the boat. So that's where we all went for lunch all the time. He's had a bunch of hot chicks as servers and <laughs> that's just where we hung out. And, you know, we'd take a keg home. He would sell us a keg. And this one, oh, Dallas point fuck. wasn't even, it was tiny. They said, they think they had yellow tail. 
sculping and big guy at the time yeah you drink a pitcher too a big guy you'd be completely sideways back then like, dude right if i drink a was, six pack of this like no for sure i like drinking like i'm used to drinking a lot of beers it's yeah I, I can drink a couple of those i don't not like them yeah. i just when i drink no it's, no I, I agree with you 100 yeah. percent. and if you I, drink two of those you can't go drink a bud light or a coors light or you it tastes know, like it, shit it doesn't taste yeah. exactly i had more you give me we saw him during the olive crest i was fishing with the uh, jeff leeson okay and uh Moyer's like, hey, here's a pack. It's like the hazy IPA. I didn't know it was the IPA. There's two different purple ones. Yeah. There's like a drinking one that's like 4%. Yeah. The one he gave me was still 7%er. Like, I don't get. So I came home and I drank. I'm like, oh, I can drink that six pack, no problem. I got to number six <laughs> and I'm like, Across that. It's I'm a different... pretty fucked up right now. I don't know what I what's wrong. And I looked at the can and I'm like, oh shit, these are 7%. And it's a different buzz. <laughs> it's not. Dude, like... I was fucking trashed. Exactly. <laughs> It's that's one thing I, I learned about different IPA craft beers is oh, everyone you drink you get a different yeah buzz and drunk and off it's of. like I like like I love like if I'm fishing but like Coors Light yeah because I know I can be like I'm getting a little buzz you can pace it I can pace you that. open one of those and you um, got to finish it yeah. and it's is there goes your day yeah there went, there went a couple hours of your afternoon because no, you're I trying agree, to snap back from dude. it <laughs> yeah like I've been on sport boats that only served ballast point oh no way and those were rough trips people getting <laughs> fucking trashed oh, yeah. huh yeah I've got a couple of the boys on there and we started drinking those <laughs> you don't the night before on the way out and you don't wake up until well after the sun comes up and the fish are no I like, bet hungover as fuck oh yeah <laughs> I guess you got to drink responsibly though too so yeah. Do you got any other cool stories of the boat? I mean, it's, I love hearing fucking boat stories because you got to deal with so many people. It's like I tell a lot of people, it's like you get put on the spot like that. You've seen so many different crazy and like cool yeah. things. You just you can't describe a you lot ever of it. Someone crash into your fucking boat, like get so close, like hit your boat. Uh, I've come really close, and lately really? it's been this one sailboat that anchors up outside of Avalon and the Rock Quarry at Catalina, and the guy anchors up with no lights on, and I had a almost, oh this is recently oh this is like, recent this oh, is like last fuck. week like two nights ago i drove by the guy and yelled at him you know put a fucking anchor light on or something he's out you know half mile off the island anchored up and yeah like out and like I don't, it's like 60 foul like what are you doing out here no lights on yeah just anchored up like fuck i had a deal uh i don't know if it was the same boat or not like a month ago i'm cruising along got my radar set and pretty good in my electronics and staring at the plotter trying to look at something and i look up at the at the radar and I got this target and I look up and I'm not going fast. I'm on about seven or eight knots. Like yeah. we're not going fast at all. And I got my, my radar at eighth of miles. I'm fishing so close to the island that night. And I see, and I look up and I'm about to T-bone this Fuck. sailboat, no lights on, just anchored <laughs> up, just right out, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And luckily I was able to pull out gear, take it off autopilot and swing Shit. the rudder over and That's we got away scary, from it. Dude. And stuff like that keeps you on your toes at three o'clock in the morning when you're sleep deprived and working all night. You know what I mean? So you'll go out and you'll spend... Like two or three days out there? Yeah. So sleep we travel around. You know, we try to sleep during the day, and then, you know, it's kind of a disadvantage being on a squid boat because now you got every skiff in the world coming up. Hey, bait guy, and trying to wake you up. Do and, they really fucking do that? Oh, yeah. yeah and your buddies kind of fuck with well, you? Well, you know, because <laughs> we sell squid, too, in the in the springtime for, for live Oh, bait. you will? Oh, yeah, On we the do. boat? Yeah, on the boat. Oh, cool. So we did that, like, in uh, from, like, April to June this year. Okay. Um, when does that start back up? Usually once the, the commercial squid season kind of phases okay. out, which every year that's kind of changed the dynamic of things with the warmer water. Yeah. So we're waiting right now. I mean, we're seeing a little bit, but it's not very much. Not mm-hmm. enough to be catching commercially yeah. just yet. Uh, hopefully soon, though. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we, we kind of do a little bit of everything. You can't just have all your eggs in one basket fishing. Like, Yeah, of course. Guys that, you know, commercial fish these bluefin tuna and stuff, you know, a lot of them have a nine to five or 
their deckhands on a sport boat or run a sport yeah. boat. They do something else. Lobster fishing, commercial. They, they Everybody's kind of got their hand in a few different things, which you have to be. Yeah. Because you just don't know what's going to happen next year. It's a gamble. <laughs> so even do with you, sport fishing. Will you go out and fish when you're when you're uh, out there? Like, oh, say, yeah. And I have some videos on, on Instagram oh, and stuff. Like, like and, I'll, and I'll post them because a lot of times when we're catching squid for bait. Yeah. You know, we're in those quote unquote bait ground areas or there's spots of fish on them. You know, there was a lot of y'all tail fishing that went on earlier this year was <laughs> because we were anchored up somewhere and there was a, you know, you wake up and put a dropper loop down and catch a 20, 30 pound y'all tail. Nice. And, you know, a lot we'll of come times. Come home and not eat it because you don't like come fish. Come home and not eat it. Or we, or we <laughs> sell them. We, uh, we commercially fish them <laughs> oh, too. Oh yeah, you can, yeah, you can oh, sell yeah. them, right? I'm I mean, on a boat. We, we put almost a ton of ice on some trips and we're packing fuck, fish down in the, in the hold and you know, when it's time to come in, we come That's in and cool. sell them at the market. Yeah. And, there's always something. You always got to have something else. Supplemental. Hustling, dude. What's the, pool? So what's the plan when you get older? What What do you see yourself doing in another 10 years? Hopefully, I own a boat by then. Is that I mean, what you want to do? That's kind of small business something. You know, I've I've had a few different opportunities to do different things. and You want to own a sport boat? I'd like to. That's always been my end game. Really? So, you know, now that I've ran a boat and, you know. What do you think of that fucking dive boat, bro? Uh, that was, so that, that same night we were, we were commercial fishing at uh, San Clemente Island. I was looking for squid there mm-hmm. and the vision, the sister ship, the one that came in was anchored up there. And so we were, you know, within a hundred feet of that boat at times that night. No so when way. I heard about the boat fire and I was trying to like think back, I'm like, oh, the conception, I didn't realize that was the boat. Oh, they're at Clemente. Mm-hmm. And we have a friend that works on that boat on the on the not the one that burned up thank the god the sister ship the sister okay. ship you know and i text i text sean stewart on the aloha it was one of his old deckhands i'm like she all right like you know mm-hmm. just making sure because and he told me no it was, that was the other boat at clemeni and i'm like thank oh, god and it hits home you see stuff like that and you know it's a real eye-opener and well it's, it could be a lot a, of speculation on a, th- a overnighter it could have been anything anything that whole bunk room everybody's like oh it's real tight on there that's no tighter than any other boat and that boat that that was a really well manned operation, at least from the owner standpoint. Yeah, you know, and, and you see a lot of stuff put on Instagram and on Facebook, and people were blaming the owners of the boat and doing this and that. And I made a comment to somebody yesterday, and I go nine times out of ten, when a boat isn't safe, it's not the owner's fault; it's the crew's fault. Yeah, they have a crew guy suing the boat. I, I heard saw on the that news, dude. Yeah. I saw that the guy that broke his he broke, said he his, broke leg. his leg. Yeah, he's yeah. suing the boat. I mean. <laughs> I get it. Maybe you know, I don't get it. I, I couldn't bring myself. I couldn't bring myself <laughs> hey, to do I, that. No, it's I bad don't. enough. No, it's I bad enough living either. with that. Yeah, you know, you, you, it's it's a tragedy. That's probably one of the bigger marine accidents. No, I agree a hundred percent. My wife saw it, and she's like, "You're never going on an overnight." That could have been a sport boat. You anyone, know what I mean? Anyone between that and the collision with the, the prowler, that was another Dude, thing that that was wild. There's a bunch man. of drama on Facebook about that that I was yeah. reading up on yesterday. And I go, you know, it's it's not. If there's ever going to be accidents, when there's going to be an accident, it's like being on a motorcycle. Yeah. Like everybody I know that rides motorcycles had an accident. Like you play with fire long enough, you know what we do isn't. This isn't Disneyland when you go on a boat. Anything Even that little boat sunk uh, today in Malibu. Oh, right. I didn't it's see like that. Like a forty-five foot boat. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, it, my wife's. It's like one mile off, and I see her look at me and go, "Oh my." Yeah, like, now it's all over the news because it's other thing. You'll see that. That's lots the media. of boat shit. It's like exactly that's the hot topic right now. Yeah, so <laughs> right. It'll something else will happen, and next thing you know, we'll be hearing someone about, getting shot again or something. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, there was there's like I said, there's Facebook drama yesterday about you know Andrew on the on the Pacifica. Uh-huh. Like, man, that guy's been through a lot the last couple of years, and yeah. it's, a lot of it's out of his control. I mean, people can say, oh, it's on him, and it's on him. You've never ran a fucking boat like that. Yeah. You don't know. You know how many times like there's been like chaos control, like 
like I said, you get 40, 30, 40, 50, 60 people with different personalities come on the boat. You don't know who's coming on the boat. You know what I mean? I've had every walk of life. I couldn't come on imagine, the boat dude. At one time. I couldn't imagine. You know, there's a guy over there with swastikas on him, and there's, you know, a bunch of gangsters from Compton, and there's this and that. You want to talk about a fucking tough job? Try running a sport boat, a local, that's the local cool, boat. But that's the cool thing I, I always say about fishing, straight. too. Yeah, it brings everybody together. Everyone. Dude. Everybody. You, you get dudes where I'm like, yeah. Ooh. You don't think anybody's going to get along by the end of it they're all you know everybody's friendly Hatching. you know what i mean it's like american history x but on a boat bro. it's crazy <laughs> it, it's the whole dynamic of it it's crazy like one day if there needs to be a reality show about sport fishing it's gonna be a fucking good one yeah I, we've talked about that the shit that goes on both on the crew side and on the the passenger side of things yeah. just the whole thing you know It'd be well, a real hopefully, Boat Burger can do something, you know, along that line I've later seen, on. I've been, I've been seeing them do. Yeah, that. they do some really cool stuff. They have a cool, like, uh, their whole. They have like a production crew, so it's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. their background, right? Kind of like you with your music. And- uh, well, I think he had the idea, and then he got a pr- couple production guys to come and actually, oh, really? yeah, help him. Oh, good for them. So, yeah, my bad. I guess. Well, I used to be an engineer like twenty years ago, dude. Gotcha. This is like my kid's fifteen, so I quit playing when he was. A year before he was born. No kidding. I think I told the story on Boat Burgers. We were, you ever heard of the band Hate Breed? Yeah. So Jamie Josta came to sign us okay. at Troubadour. And my wife was big and pregnant. She's like, we got to go later. And I'm like, what do you mean? Jamie Josta's here. She's like, I don't care. We got to go. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I got to go, guys. Like, Jamie Josta's here. I'm like, fuck, dude. I got to go. Sorry. You know, she's pissed. So I missed that whole thing. And then I quit the band after that. Oh, no. So they, way. Went, on a, they went on an American tour, then a European tour. Yeah. And then uh I played with them in two thousand fourteen. A couple dudes that listened to the show really? saw me play, yeah. I played at this place in um LA. It was like a couple thousand people. No kidding. I bring my kid on stage, it's cool. I played with all kinds of bands, dude. Everyone I, I played it. with uh, Joe knows a dude from Avenge Sevenfold. Okay. I, yeah. with, I used to play at the Avenge Sevenfold. I remember in Avenge Sevenfold you used to play at Chain Reaction. So Andy <laughs> in high you, school. I, if you knew Andy, <laughs> Andy worked on a boat, sport boat in Redondo, he owns Chain Reaction. Really? He's the same age as me. He's 36, 37. But he's a vice president of Fearless Records. I had no idea. He, oh, I crazy. guarantee you, he goes on Dwayne's boat all the time. I, okay. If you ever seen the picture of me yeah. when I caught all those tunas, to check it out. Dwayne was on. Uh, it was uh, Andy was the guy I went with. But I grew up, I knew Andy from playing in. Uh, Do you know Lionel Robinson? He's a drummer. Uh, what band? I'm going to look it up right now because I met him fishing. It's another one of those people that you meet. Um. Let me see if it comes up on here. Of course, got AT and T. Dude, all in here. I had. I used to use Pro Tools. I'll have to. I'll have to find it. I'll, I'll look him yeah. up and and I'll show you. Um, fuck. Who does he play for? It's somebody. It's not a really well known. You got a lot of guys it. like he, Andy fishes with the dude that started Warp Tour. Oh, dude. There's people. All kinds. Uh. uh Who's it? Cheddar from Offspring fishes with Andy on the Enterprise. Yeah, and see, it's like, dude, who's the DJ? The DJ from Ridiculousness, the Rob Deerdick. We had him on the boat. Oh, really? We get people all the time that pop up, and dude, fucking you know, uh, Benny. Weird. Benny said he had fucking um, Magic Mike on the fucking boat. With him. I believe it. I was like, no way. I'm like, how was he? He's like, cool, man. He just wanted to fish. That's crazy, dude. That's fucking sick, dude. He's slinging yeah. dick like a motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> right? God, you're Give me some tips, bro. I know. How right? do I close my wife? <laughs> uh, you just never know. You never know who you're gonna have on the boat. Dude, that's right? it. like yeah. going back to it. Like you got, you know, people that are famous. There's coming huge, out like a Chris Pratt, big bass fish, uh-huh. The Rock. 
Yeah. Has his own fucking pond, bass fishing. Yeah. Pond. You uh, do some freshwater too, right? I do. I've, I, Charles took me striper fishing again the other day, and I, I've been I know, getting I back saw. into it. I'm so jealous. I'm I've like, been fuck, I've been dude. getting back into it lately. And Charles I is good I, at that, dude. He takes he, is. he takes everyone you know, dude, if you want to go. Yeah. And I went again since then by myself. How was yeah. it? Oh yeah, was no, it really good? It was really good. And I texted him. I was like, dude, he goes, <laughs> I go. This was what like, was your big fish you caught that day? It wasn't so much big. It was Quantity? just cast for fucking cast for like fuck. an hour. Like no it, it took me longer to drive there than I fished, and I rented a boat. Like I, I just I was like, it's not going to get any better than this. I'm going to go home. Are you doing full days or half days? I did a half day. I, I literally fished for an hour that I'm morning. I'm planning on going up Monday, maybe. Let's go. Well, I got my boat. How about that boat? Let's go. Yeah. We'll take Charles too. You better be. Well, he won't hear this till after it. So I guess <laughs> he goes Tuesday, Thursday, right? That's his day. Yeah, that's that's yeah. usually when he and he bounces he took around. Out. He took me there the first time I tried. I'm like, hey, I want to try to catch a swim bait fish. Yeah. I never caught one, so he took. This was last year. This is like when the podcast first started. And so he's like, he's another one. He's just he's kind of a sleeper on. He doesn't post a lot about what he does, which I don't dude, blame him. He's a great fisherman. He is. Dude. No, he's done a lot of my tattoos. Yeah. Like I see, Tar- I've I've loved Charles. He's a really good dude. Like, that's, and if his music background's crazy too. Like, is. if you listen to the podcast, we're talking about, I think we were talking about showcase podcast. You should listen to it when you're in there getting tattooed. The, the mix that's on their radio playing at well, Shogun no, no, Tattoo. If you, listen to, <laughs> if you listen to his podcast, we talk about music and I'm like, yeah, he's play showcase. He goes, oh, there's a lot of skinheads there. I told him, but he's they, into that. I'm like, well, that the unity, exactly. the unity guys used to kick their ass and he started laughing and I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking. He's like, ah, oh, I was part of that shit. I'm like, no way, dude. That's, that's funny. Small world, dude. Background, like, dude. Background, no, like, and he's like, some of the bands. Like, he wore an Infest shirt when he walked up, and I'm like, that's one of my favorite bands. That's crazy. You know, like he, we, he's a great guy. No, that's and he's really... bringing. We try to do art ones, so he bring in like Matt and Amadeo. Yeah. Um, we try to do Kyle Credo, but it, it gets. That, I've got some of Kyle's art as well. That's, yeah, he's uh, but he's, he's busy, very, so and I know I and get this it. was I think I bought some of his stuff like two or three years ago when he first started putting yeah, it up. And he was dude. just a random kid on Instagram, and I saw Good that. Good artist, like, yeah, dude. I'll take a couple of those. Like, yeah, you're selling those, and he's you know, he's, and you, hey, apparently you make everyone famous, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Hey, per Haggard I'm just, pirate, you I'm know. Just a, I'm just a. <laughs> washed up dickhead used to run a boat and I still fish a little bit and you know it's i don't claim to be anything yeah it's it is have you always freshwater fish though so growing up i i, I basically lived at Colorado park like in high school okay. so that we, we cut our teeth there that i lived in los alamitos at the time long beach los alamitos i've always bounced around it seems like every few years i moved mm-hmm. um cerritos regional Colorado park like that's a hard fucking when i used middle to go school there, and high was... school we had that so wired really i mean as kids you know yeah. this is like again, this is before the 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 internet days of it. We had to go out nine two thousand and four three before the yeah. early early two thousand. Yeah. So like back then, you had like baytubers dot com as a float tubing website. It was a message board all yeah. coast when Bloody Decks first started. Did you go on Fishing Network ever? I never got into Fishing Network. Okay. I, I mean, I've I looked think it was at like two thousand eight or seven. And that might be where I yeah. kind of start. When I started working on the boats, I kind of drifted away from a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, I've still like, will lurk on a lot of stuff and look just because, you know, there's new shit that comes out. Yeah. It's just I agree. something else to stare at when you're glued on your phone for hours a day, like <laughs> we all are for whatever dumb reason. That's but a hard thing to stop though, right? It really is. Especially now when it tells you how much screen time that you do Dude. every day. And it's like, it's like, fuck, I really looked at my phone that much. You gotta stop. You have to. You have Everyone to get rid of the iPhone. I yeah. mean, I, I keep telling myself, like, my camera's broken on here, and I'm like, if this thing breaks, I can't I'm, take any selfies. What the fuck? I'm bro? getting a flip phone, <laughs> like, just to get away from that, like, yeah. just to go back to normal. Like, 
you know, like with the whole, the whole internet thing and fishing, you hear a lot of people say, Oh, internet killed fishing. And (sighs) in a sense it, it did, but it didn't. So it's, it's just different perspectives. So nowadays everything's instant gratification, right? Yeah. You have to, you want to know right away where to go catch these fish and you got your friends posting stuff. When I started fishing, you had to go to the lake and figure out how they're biting. You didn't have anybody or telling you. Or you called you, a buddy and you said, hey, let's was, go fishing. Well, like yeah. our group of friends, and it was clicked up then. Like I had three friends that, you know, we just fished. Like that's what we yeah. went and did. And it got to the point where we started sandbagging certain stuff. Like 15 years old, I won the Eldorado Park Catfish Derby at 15. I sandbagged the shit out of that. I was already working on a boat then. It was cheating. <laughs> but we did it just because we showed up. Like, that was our lake. Like, yeah. fuck yeah. Like, this is our one time. Like, we're going to go do this. And My time to shine, bro. We fished it. And guess <laughs> guess what? I, I caught the biggest dumb catfish. How big was, like, was it? I was like four pounds or something. It's nice, dude. But, you know, it was just, that was our home lake. Like, yeah. we, it was just one of those things. Like, we figured it out. Yeah. Like, we went there and we fished before it. And, you know, it didn't really matter. It was catfishing. Like, it was luck. But we <laughs> what knew. Did you, what did you catch on? A piece of mackerel. Oh, I mean, there you go. <laughs> we were 15, all worked on boats, all had nine foot rods, and we were casting in the middle of the lake kind of stuff. Like, just yeah. dumb stuff. But it was, <laughs> that's just what we did. We just fished. Yeah. And you had to go figure it out. It wasn't like I get the, I, I get why people were upset about people sharing numbers. And, you know, I get it too. I never had anybody that, you know, Hand me a book. Even if somebody does hand you the spots, you got to still know how to fish. I mean, I guess there is still a sense of. But you got to learn go how to use your out. fish finder, right? I mean, someone, I mean. I could give you a list of numbers right now and I would be like, here you go, but I'm not going to tell you how to fish them. Yeah, I mean, right. You go do it. You're going to have to go figure out when the spot's going to bite. I can tell you how to fish it, but when's it going to bite? Like, there's. So do you feel like giving numbers out like that is kind of like. You know, it doesn't bug you because you got to know how to fish them. It really doesn't bug me. I get people's frustration on it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is that instant gratification. Like part of being a good fisherman, you, you got to go put your time in and yeah. you figure it out. And, you know, it's the journey. It's not the end game. It's like running the boat. And now my thoughts on things, it's like, okay, now what? Like, okay, yeah. you want to hurry up and go be the best? Then go do it. Yeah. But then what are you going to do afterwards? It's not going to be, you're going to have to go find something else to do. So be ready for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of the, along the way, the people you meet, the things you do. Okay. I'm going to give you this set of numbers. I'm going to go t- tell you how to catch this fish and you've only been fishing for a week. Yeah. All right. You went and caught a 200 pound tuna. Now what are you going to do? Fuck. Are you going to go keep doing that? What happens when those fish go away? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is all a, a short window, even with my flying fish thing that, uh, that we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's a short window. I know it's not going to last forever. And I know yeah. these guys are too. And they're trying to cash in on it while it's here. I get that side of things. But for the guys that are in for the long term, the end game, you know, the long game on it, yeah, I see why they're getting upset. We were there when when you go half day fishing and catch one sand bass for the whole boat, and you know it was shit. Like we, you got to go out, dude. That's fucking crazy. I, I had a boss one time tell me verbatim, you, you got to go out and suck a dick every once in a while. <laughs> Commercial fishing, you do, right? You, you can't do, always right? go when it's good. And, you know, we, Mike, my, one of my best friends is the manager at 22nd Street Landing, Michael Morrison. And we mm-hmm. laugh about that all the time. You got to go suck a dick around. You while. do. And, you know, <laughs> I think that's with everything. We've been <laughs> out there, you know, it's, it can't always be good. And that's, you know, that's part of fishing. Like you go pitch, you go get your licks in when it's good. And then you go suck the rest of the time. Like everybody else. <laughs> hey, suck a dick the rest uh, exactly. of the time. Exactly. <laughs> You know, it, that, pardon my French, but that's what we got told. Yeah, you know, yeah. we got sent out in some fucked up weather when we didn't want to go fishing, and it's character building. It's like the whole aspect of fishing is character building. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for fishing. And do you feel like you're losing that because of Instagram? Only because like 
you know when I was when I was younger, we busted balls, like said some mean fucking shit to and each other. Friends, it's so easy to get on your phone and do that now. And, sit and in front I of feel like you screen. wouldn't do that in front of each other anymore. No. Some people, not not saying to me to you, but once we get friendly, you know, yeah. like, do you feel like you're losing that a little? Because I think it's not as genuine. It's not as real. Like you can delete an app and everything goes away. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, for the most part, this Instagram, this social media, this isn't real life. Yeah, you know, you can you can literally delete the stuff and it will go away for the most part. You want you want it out of your life, you can make it happen. But if you want to stay with the drama and continue on, then a lot of people do that. And yeah. They feed off that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my take on it. I can go t- take it or leave it. And that's, yeah, you know. Now, double-edged sword. I think even, that's the everyone. Even now, the only reason why I'm posting is the flying fish stuff. You know, I don't post a lot of fishing stuff anymore. I mean. Part of it is because I'm not fishing as much and I don't need to put it out there because I'm not running a boat and I'm not like, hey, I want to go to work tomorrow. Come fishing with me. It's great. Would you do that a lot and when I, you... Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, you had I'd to, go man. home and that's what you have to do. Like I said, fuck, dude. and I was, we were pit against, you know, I had guys that were a lot more talented than me and I had guys that didn't need to go out and promote it and they would just, you know, people would show up in the morning because they bought their discount ticket. Look who it is. And that fried me. Let's like put them on is. the podcast. Joe. Yeah. There you're, you're on Cast and Crank podcast right now with Aaron. With who? Aaron. Corn fed. Corn fed. <laughs> with the G flies. Yep. Aaron? Yeah, you're live, What's bro. Up, Aaron? What's going on? <laughs> How's the podcast going? Better. Uh, I'm only half of three quarters of beer into it. Yeah, he's being very oh, that polite. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got into the fun stuff yet. Not yet. <laughs> nice. That's cool. You betcha. I thought I'd answer I'm kicking, it. I'm kicking up reels. That's getting the fun stuff in the tackle world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll give you a call later. I don't know if you're. I think I can go on Monday, but I'll let you know. And then yeah, I was, yeah. I'm thinking of filming too. Okay, that's fine. So I think I'm going to take my good camera and I have this new tripod where we can fucking lock it down on the back of the boat. And I just want to keep nice. filming, put some bullshit up. I don't know, you know. Yeah. So I'll let you know tomorrow for sure. Too. Yeah. <laughs> they call me Chuck. Right. Well, fun, guys. <laughs> All right, man. Later See on. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> that's funny. Fucking guy, dude. He's and cool. that's like that. I met him just going into the yeah. performance. Like it's, it's like I met him. I met um. That's one place that doesn't ever. It's been the same dude, quality, right? Like as far as the knowledge and like Mark and those guys still get me fired up on going fishing. I go into I'll go talk to Mark for five minutes. And get me fully like wanting to like, all right, I want to go fucking fish through his regional again. Dude. Like I have something I haven't done in a lot of years, or I yeah. want to go do this and that. And maybe I get Mark, there. I feel like can just get you going. He can. And know? he's so knowledgeable about everything. Yeah. He's so technical. He just, right. The way he fires in his head is just, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But I could he's see. He's a hell of a fisherman. Oh, definitely. Hopefully. I think we're supposed to do something in October. That'd be cool. Like I think we're going to do it at the shop and then maybe do like a live. I don't know. That'd be cool. Whatever he wants to do. Like I said, yeah. I I know he's kind of like doesn't want to really do it, but he's going to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. kind of like he'd rather just have you come in and talk to him at the shop. But yeah. I mean, the guy knows so much. He's been influenced so many people. Oh, for sure. You, you know? hear it a lot on your on your, and it's it's yeah. because it's true. And yeah, you know, and don't get me wrong. There's other guys like that. Like another person I feel super super knowledgeable is Breck down at Hogan's. Like okay, you want to talk about you know some a well stocked, well staffed, very very nice tackle shop. Them. 
Uh, I think everybody kind of has their niche. Like I feel like they're, they're like, kind of like the down south, kind of like everyone will go there. He's good at tournament. He's very technical when it comes to certain things. Everybody has their specialties, you know? Yeah. Like Sambit Island, those guys, another great shop. Like Where's Island at? In Carson? In Carson. Off of? Uh, Carson and Avalon. It's right off the 405. Huh? It's very, very I've cool. I've been it's there easy. once. It's they easy. got kind of all kinds of shit. Huh? He does. He's, he's, he's got like shit that's like cheap, real like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he, I've been he there covers once. everybody. And, yeah. You know, and he's a guy that worked at another tackle shop and got fed up and went and started his own. So that's he's, cool. He's still getting his feet under him. I, I think it's been a handful of years now. Time flies. Um, like I said, like a performance, I remember they were across the street and we had a long history with those guys. Yeah. And like the kid, Bob, that runs the fortune now, he's like my little brother. I've been friends yeah. with him since. Were you ever a Ceylon dude? A little bit. Really? It's always kind of been out of my way. I still yeah. go there. They carry our flying fish. Savon's. Oh, do they? Yep. Okay, Savon's cool. another one there in Santa Fe Springs. That's another shop. Yeah. When the owner used to have Fisherman's Hardware in Long Beach on Anaheim Street. And that was like my home tackle shop for a long mm-hmm. time. And it was real sad to see that place go. And yeah. To this day, like when I think of a tackle shop, it's like the hardwood floor in there. Like that place was just so old school. And yeah. Awesome. So it was right t- attached that's where to Joe you grew Jokes. up, right? I that's mean, where we grew up. Yeah. And we'd go in there and shoot the shit. And you know, it's cool running into people now. Um, one of the guys that had it at one point in time, I think he just managed it. He's at Fisherman's Hardware now in Huntington. And then okay. Jimmy's at Big Fish Tackle in Seal Beach. And guys yeah. are spread out everywhere. Yeah. That's real cool to still run into them, especially you know, yeah. this flying fish thing. I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you in <laughs> seven or eight, ten years. Like, how you doing? You know what I mean? They're stoked. They're like, no way. Yeah, you're like, fucking it's, doing this, it's dude. cool. It's cool. Yeah. No, there's been a lot of support behind what we're doing, too. Um, Bloody Decks or BD Outdoors. Fish oh, dope. yeah. What happened with that? They just did we're, a whole thing on your stuff, right? They, they, we got added into it. So, uh, uh, this that is airs, the first episode. That's, are the episodes coming out and it's going to do it airs Sunday and we have like a 30 second long, like kind of shout out. Like, here's our flying did fish. Did he put up your, your slogan? Yeah, they oh, put it up. Fuck yeah, dude. And so <laughs> we, we're also launching a website this week. So that's, that's another thing I got a guy working on right now. Um, we kind of did that in, in, yeah junction conjunction with that like trying to get everything launched at the same time that could make a that could be like a game changer too because people from fucking east coast could be like oh fuck and i've been right yeah that's been a whole nother have you looked into that whole shipping i have okay i have i I have a i have a line on somebody out there right now that wants to try them out and you know a lot of those guys fishing that tune out there i don't think they've fished them yeah maybe it'll work maybe that'll be another avenue you know, I, I'm not holding my breath on it, but if that's the case, would you, would you like have to like buy like a big commercial freezer or something to kind of like, we have, we have some access to, oh, do you? To okay, cool. Yeah. So like when we had our stuff stockpiled, which we still do, we have cold storage that we use and stuff. Oh, nice. Just another one of those things. Like we've ran into enough people and we have, you know, it's, it's crazy how many people you meet along the way. And then when you need something you reach out, like my, uh, the, the, sorry, not mine. My partner and I, our logo for our our flying fish, the guy that created that logo for us, the one that's on the new vacuum seal package, he's Chris from Current Crew, so he has a history oh, no with way. Fatal Clothing, and yeah, you know that was their that was their deal. And Chris is another good friend of mine. Like I said, I I talk to a lot of people. I'm friendly, like I'm on good standings with a lot of people. You know, still talk to Billy. I I reach out to him, and he calls me every once in a while, and yeah. we talk. And Brandon Hayward and all these guys that you know everybody you know it's it's a small community you can't can't not, shit on anyone you right? can't yeah. really i mean it's it, everybody's in the same boat everybody's trying to do the same thing i get it you know and some guys are they got different angles to it like 
I, I wish we had more flying fish this summer. I wish every, every tackle shop had them. And, you know, it just wasn't our cards yet. We're trying to get our feet under us and get running on this thing. And, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a process. So seeing somebody kind of come in behind us and, you know, I had guys that were calling me one day wanting to buy flying fish and the next day they're commercial fishing themselves. Oh. What the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you want to talk about some, some, secret agendas and you know backstabbing then that stuff goes on yeah it's gonna happen it is what it is so when somebody talks shit or somebody does something you just gotta expect it i mean that's kind of the way things go especially with fishermen a bunch of dickheads for the most part (laughs) ripping off i I don't want you fishing right next to me (laughs) like you know what i mean yeah like i hear a lot of this stuff like oh i'm gonna tell you where to fish this weekend don't go fishing for boats well you just sold 2,500 people the numbers to where you're going to go fish. What the fuck do you expect is going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, don't go fish for boats, but everybody go try to fish this one spot that's only meant for one or two boats. It's a small spot. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Everybody gets there. You know, that's part of those things. I've only had that happen, like, maybe, like, two or three times. Yeah. And it's usually, like, I'll be on the pipe, and then everyone loads up on the pipe. You know, somewhere. No, there's certain areas where you just can't get away from that. And there's the used-to-be sacred stuff. I mean, nothing's sacred anymore. (laughs) Right. What what you think's a a secret hot spot that only you fished. Well, now it's 2019, and there's AIS and people that are monitoring everything, and everybody wants to know where you're at and what you're doing. You can't hide anymore. If they know your boat, if they know your boat, they have radar overlays and stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that, you know, the more, the more technologically advanced that I personally become and I start seeing things, I'm like, that's how those guys knew where that rock was. (laughs) You know, you can, you can put your radar right over the top of your chart water and figure out where somebody is and punch you in. And the next day go fishing. It's kind of, it kind of sucks. It's good in a sense, but at the same time, it kind of sucks. It does what you said, you know, roll with it. You said the same thing as like, if you sell those numbers, well, it doesn't really matter if you do a little bit of homework, right? You yeah. can, you're going to fucking get them anyway. You're going to find them. You're going to find it. And it's not so much the numbers, I think. Like, yeah. I tell a lot of people a lot of times, like, pay attention. It's free. Yeah. Like, if you fishing, 90% of probably, like, you know, there's been some people that have influenced what I've done and kind of guided me, but a lot of it's paying attention to what's going on around you. Knowing like, what you're doing. Why, why yeah. did these fish bite? Yeah. You can go to a spot five days in a row, and it's not, one day might bite, and the next day it won't. And, mm-hmm. you know, okay, more power to you. Why did it bite on that one day, though? Like, what? what was different about today than the next couple of days other than all the boats that are here now and all your friends that you messed up yeah. and told that the fish are biting here and everybody shows up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot yeah. of it, a lot of my best days are we're by ourselves. We're not fishing yeah. around other people. Like everybody's going this direction. We go the other way or you, you got to know when the, the, when the window is like, fishing in general like you you've i'm sure you've seen it you've had those days where you fish all day long you get an hour window where it bites yeah why did it bite in that one hour you know what i mean like a lot of sport fishing people bitch and complain they come out oh they didn't bite and you're looking for conditions you're looking for conditions sport like you know fishing is 90 percent beating your head against the wall and that (laughs) that little 10 percent it's yeah i'm sure that's what having a drug addiction is like too it's like that one little high and you're chasing that around chasing like, the dragon you're not high all the time you know what i mean it's that little period you got to get there it's a it's just a like way, fishing dude just the like tug is that's the drug, what it right? is oh yeah the tug is the drug <laughs> but you know it's it's one of those things where you work hard enough at something and you figure it out i mean there's yeah. there's different avenues to it and what fun is it if somebody just hands that to you like you know what i mean like if somebody just gives it to you you don't you don't appreciate it as much i don't think you don't have that connection to what you just did yeah like somebody it's like finding girls in a bar like you ever notice like no i, I you ever notice like when girls come after you you don't show any interest in them but when the ones you can't get and then you got to figure out how to go after them what if somebody just gave you that magic i mean some <laughs> guys might like that i'm not one of those guys yeah fishing to me is the the chase of the thing it's not just 
oh, here you go. Like, or good like you learning to the technique learning. almost. It's, yeah. it's, it's the journey. It's not the destination, yes. right? Like yeah. that's what a lot of it is. Yeah. So I think my view of things with guys that are selling numbers and doing that, more power to you. That's just not for me. It's not yeah. for some people. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that are going to come on this podcast or a lot of guys that people look up to, that's not how they learned. Mm-hmm. They didn't go do that. Nobody, even the guys selling the numbers. Yeah. You think somebody taught them how to do that? No, they went out and they figured it out themselves. Yeah. So that's where the level of respect comes from on that side. And then the other guys that are doing it, like more power to them. If that's the way Just you want to go about it. Yeah. If that's the way you want to go about it, that's why it's, that's the way you want to learn how to fish, then fucking have at it. But you and I are different. You mm-hmm. know, it's you're an angler and I'm a fisherman. Like you're the one that's standing at the rail and I'm the one driving the boat that's fishing. That's what separates us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody says, oh, I'm a fisherman. If you go on the half day boat and you're standing at the rail, you're an angler. You're not the fisherman. The fisherman's up in the wheelhouse. <laughs> He's the guy finding the fish. You're just the guy casting your line out and you're catching them. You yeah. Know? And it's kind of the way you want to look at it. I mean, some guys are meant to be one way and some are the other. So, yeah. But in the end, I mean, like I said, I've been saying there's a lot of drama in fishing and people just, <laughs> they all have their own perspective of how things should be. Yeah. And I respect that. And that's, I still talk to everybody. Even people have beef with each other. It's like, okay, do something about it. Go hit each other or something. Like, get over it. You know what I mean? Just punch you each other. Get over just it. get it over with. Yeah. And you want to just keep dragging this out? Just go do something about it. Yeah. You know, I think. It's got to end sooner or later. Right? Yeah, I think I set mean, up a boxing ring at the Fred Hall show and we can rent that's gloves what we're gonna to people. Do, I guess, huh? Have, uh, dude, if we can get the green light <laughs> hey, on that. here's a, a permission slip. Here. Show up in the parking lot with a cage <laughs> on a truck. Here you go, guys. <laughs> I think we can make some money <laughs> too. I'm <on> sure. <laughs> I think they're. Come I think, to the cast and crank booth. We're going to have a fucking boxing <laughs> ring. <laughs> Take shots uh, in between rounds. $10 beers and. <laughs> 16 to be exact. Uh, we, yeah, we might be onto oh, something dude. there, right? <laughs> That'd be Could fun. clear the air. It might be a different season in 2020. It might be friendly. <laughs> <laughs> once, once this little guy knocks out everyone, it's going to be a different story. <laughs> eh, shit. <laughs> That'd be cool. But I think like with stuff that you're doing, that's what you got going on here and promoting. Like I said, if it wasn't for people helping each other, people yeah, know, helping each other out, yeah, a lot of us wouldn't be where we're at. And you got to. It's like, what, what else is... I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for all the guys that came on here. So it's like, yeah. I get like helping promote whenever you can. It's like, I don't know what this is going to be. Like I said, I'm hoping to get uh, bigger ads or something. No, big. for sure. And the guys on the way that have helped, like, I'm like, I'm going to promote the fuck out of them because they took their time out to come on here. Like you said, it's a small community. It really is. How many, I mean, Evan talks about his podcast, says, how many people do you really reach? He's like, I'm at 20,000 followers or whatever. You think you're really going to get more than that in Southern California sport fishing? No. He's not, not really. He's not a chick with in a bikini <laughs> on the East Coast or in Florida. Some of that shit impresses me. And it's like, wait a yeah. second. How, how do you have an extra tough sponsor? And here I am. I, Isn't that wild? Uh, not only do I have a giant foot, I could be the best advertiser, <laughs> the bigger dude. But I'm the one blowing through all the gear and we're actually using it. And you see these guys, these you know pro staffs deals and stuff. You're, and you're like, what? How? Really? I yeah. mean, that's, that's the Instagram, the model for it, I guess. I mean, and it's weird because we talked about pro staff with C's. Yeah. And my, oh, and he's, he's, uh, he's the guy that you want promoting your stuff. I mean, he is very good at what he does. He's very talented. He's, and I, not, not, not saying him, but like what you consider pro staff, he considers a professional. Exactly. So I'm like, it's paid and I do. Yeah. But 
No, I understand. I understand his view on that, and he's he's sharp. I mean, yeah, st- guys like that that say stuff the yeah. way that they do it, and it makes a lot of sense. You really sit there and, and that's think what about a it. Good, and, a good argument was like, well, my I, in my head, I think of a, a professional as like a tournament. Well, that's like that's like being a fisherman, and being an angler. That's kind of my take on that. I guess if you want to compare it that way, I mean, yeah. it's the same thought process yeah. behind it. When it comes down right. to it, one's a professional, one's promotional. I mean. I fully understand. So if you're a YouTube dude making millions of dollars a year of fishing, does that make you professional? I think you're professional at that point. I wish I could be a YouTube dude making millions. But how good are you at fishing? Do you know what I'm saying? You might not be that great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in my head, I think of how good are you at that, not of how much you influence. Yeah. I guess it all kind of has its area where you want to choose your words and look at Bill Dance. Was he a professional fisherman? Was he a promotional fisherman? You watch a Bill Dance episode. How many tournaments he did he enter? How many tournaments did he enter? He was getting paid to fish, and he was also promoting his lures while he was fishing them. He had his name written on the side <laughs> of a lure. If that doesn't make you professional, then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if I had a I name, mean, that's what I grew up watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's before you had YouTube. And you watched Bill Dance on TNN in the morning. <laughs> TNN, Jose Wahibi, no one even knows Spanish, the fuck. <laughs> yeah, Spanish Fly. You know, he passed away. That was a hell of a show back in the day. I had a lot of friends that idolized him. You yeah. know. It's, Different, different day Is and TNN age. Is even around anymore? I don't think so. That was a great... It had all those monster truck fucking... All kinds of good redneck. Yeah, just, You name it, it was on there. Yeah, I loved that fucking channel. Was it like a million ways to die or something yeah. like that? That was one that I think right before they yeah. shut it down, yeah. that was on there. And Spike had a good... I think TNN turned into Spike. Did it? At least they got the channel or something. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. That was back in just the cable days. And I think Direct days. TV might watching have Watching MTV, around. too. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? When the MTV used to actually have music videos. Yeah, dude. I remember watching Eminem's first fucking video come out. Dude, I remember seeing the Snoop Dogg video when I was like in kindergarten when he's riding down the street on a big wheel. Dude. I remember being, I think, pretty sure it was kindergarten. Yeah. Like kindergarten, first grade. Before Had going to, to school in the morning, that's what I was watching. I'll give you an idea. What the hell was I doing? <laughs> Why was MTV on? Still this day, I laugh about that. I'm like, what was I watching at like six years old? Dude, that's Snoop a crazy Dog, video. Snoop Dogg on a big wheel going yeah, down the street. Was, I'll never forget that. It's one of those weird things in life that just stands out in your mind. It's great but, fucking music, though. Yeah. Right? Long Beach guy, too, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, dude, I think we did a pretty fucking solid podcast. I think so, too. Had fun. Is there anything you want to touch? No, I think. No. I mean, we'll like do another can, one. Yeah, definitely. Do something later Anything, on. Anything. So if, if anyone wants to. Uh, I want to get some people in here to make this real interesting. <laughs> I can only have one of those every 25 episodes. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, it'll be here. very crazy. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, if they want to reach you to. If they want to reach the product, they can just go to those tackle right, so, shows we mentioned. Yeah. So give your plug for everything that you. So right now we have an Instagram, which I put a lot of hyphens or uh, underscores in it just to try to break <laughs> up the name. So it's G underscore fly underscore. Fuck, now I got to remember what I did here. Hold on. I got like 10 different things going on. So let me, uh, let me make sure I don't mess this up. So it's G underscore fly underscore premium underscore flying underscore fish. Um, what you should find it by the time you, yeah. Once yeah. you, once you start putting that in, that'll come up. If not, you can check out my personal page. If you want to go that Avenue, I have it tagged in the, in the bio, um, captain underscore, no underscore good. And also too, we have after this comes out, um, G fly baits.com cool. is what our, our website's going to be. So a good friend of mine, Mike Hackavelli, does United Composites and ServiceIron.com. 
we worked with him and he put it together. He's another one, like I said, just another good solid dude in the industry. There's yeah. been a lot of them that I missed out, didn't mention, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. In a short amount of time. And like I said, there's a lot of a lot of connection with the guys in the industry. So that's been really cool throughout this whole journey and we'll see what where this takes me. I don't yeah. Know. I don't dude, know what's um, next. I'm not a planner, so <laughs> whatever happens, happens. I'm just you rolling might have that with boat, it. Dude, in a couple I, years, you never know. <laughs> you know. The way the way life's been the last year, you just don't know what's that's gonna good, happen. Dude. So I guess you well, gotta congrats take it that on way. your success, bro, with that. Thank I think you. that's really cool. Um, everyone go follow them on Instagram. Uh, check out their website. Support if you can. If you're gonna go out and fly kites and fish, hit them up, grab their that they sell the best stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. This I think this is the first video one. I think we did a good job, so thanks for listening. Later. <laughs> Forgot we're on video. <laughs>